about where God is taking us next year. And I want to encourage you this morning, church, we're going to open up God's Word. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm so ready for this Word that God's put on my heart because it's, it's a Word for you. It's a Word for you for this week, for, this, for, next, for next weekend, as you gather wherever with whoever for Christmas. This is a Word for you because God has something for you. He's got something for you to bring to other people, not just that wrapped gift for under the tree, but He's got something more for you. So why don't you get ready right now? Open up a Bible, whether it's digital or paper, open it up this morning. Make that your act of intentionality that you're going to receive something from God this morning. Prepare yourself. Get like, get that that anticipation you know like when you smell food at dinner and your saliva starts like we should have we should have spirit I'm, I'm not even I'm not going to say because it, it sounds weird but our, our spirit should be ready to go right we should have an anticipation for God's words why don't you do that and um, while we do that I'm going to thank our team you guys are amazing thank you so much we're going to we're going to get into God's word thanks Tim fantastic that's some good worship, I'm telling you. That was, that was awesome. My soul needed that. I don't know about you. My soul needed that. Um, come on. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. We are six days away from Christmas Day, and uh, it's one of my favorite days of the year. I love Christmas. I love celebrating everything about Christmas. I love presents, I love food, I love the food that is only for Christmas, like those little chocolate, like I call them chocolate cigars, but that's probably inappropriate, Uh, I don't know their real name, but um, I love them, and for some reason they only appear at Christmas time. Uh, and, and I love eating those. I love, I love consuming fruit mince pies. I know that that is like that's that that's something that really splits families. Some some sides of families like love fruit mince pies, and others are like they're one of the most disgusting pieces of food on the planet. Uh, I don't know if uh, what side of that you fit on. I love fruit mince pies, shortbread. Like these are like Christmas only foods. Am I right? I tell you what, just for my sake, please, just for my sake, right now, I know you've settled down. I know you're like opening up the Word, getting ready to write notes because that's what you do. But right now, just if you can put in the chat, what is your favorite Christmas food? We are not here in the auditorium. You can't all shout at me, but you can put it in the chat. Favorite Christmas food, go right now, put it in there. I want to say, is it candy canes? Is it, is it, is it prawns? Is it is it, oh, baked like ham that's been like glazed and ha oh, ha, so good. Turkey, maybe some, with the cranberry sauce, got to have the cranberry sauce. Uh, put it in the chat. Put it in the chat while I find my scripture this morning. That'd be great. And, um, you know, I just, I just want to acknowledge that this Sunday is not what we anticipated. Uh, and, and the funny thing is that when we read scripture, there are so many examples of Jesus just, just coming into someone's life right when something was happening that they didn't anticipate. I love that Pastor Darren this morning used the, the story of the disciples in the storm, right? Like they didn't anticipate that. Jesus is like, go across the river. If I'm you, and you're like, if, if I'm them, I'm thinking if Jesus is telling me to go somewhere, it's probably going to be smooth sailing, right? I'm probably going to get to the other side, no worries, Oh, Jesus said, we, Jesus said, go, cool. Well, that's going to have the blessing of God on it, right? Like blessing means ease, doesn't it? Does, doesn't it? I don't know. Um, 
But there are so many times and so many opportunities to see in Scripture that things don't always go as we anticipate. Now, I don't think teenage Mary was anticipating uh, like uh, the, the miraculous conception. I don't know if that was on the cards for her. You know, what did she write down in her dream card at, at, at like Jerusalem's vision? It wasn't Jerusalem, I know, don't, don't get on the bandwagon there. But, you know, like what did she write on her dream card? Oh, would love to get immaculately pregnant and be ostracized by society. That would, that's my 2022 plan, guys. I don't think so. I don't think the disciples anticipated uh, many of the situations that they found themselves in. But I know something. I know that it's in those situations that we discover the faithfulness of Jesus that we discover that, that this whole thing, this whole thing that we call life, this, this is about his plan. This is about what he's doing on the earth. And, and that doesn't change. That doesn't change at all. And right now we might not be able to meet in an auditorium, but that has not diminished one single little bit, the plan that God has for his church on this earth. I'm telling you, don't ever think that one thing that occurs in this world can disrupt the plan of God. You know what? He tells us in scripture that what the enemy was meaning for evil, God used for good, right? Like not even the worst thing. Not even the worst thing can disrupt the plan that God has. And I want to remind you of that this morning because I would hate for you to think that one little like, plan that has to change is somehow an indication that God is not at work in your life or that God is not at work in this church. That would be, that would be believing something that the enemy would love to plant in your mind this morning. And we, we've just been in a series where we've learned we've got to take that thought captive to what the truth of God says. And the truth of God says that God doesn't change, that he has a plan, that he is going to lead us step by step. And we've got to take a hold of those things and remind us of those things. Because the truth is, church, the truth is that we are. We're shifting from being in a season of restriction. So I think the government says we're going to, we're going to learn to live with, with the virus, right? That's cool. We don't learn that overnight. We don't. We don't learn what that looks like overnight. This is going to be a journey. There is going to be changes. There's going to be disruption. There's going to be like, oh, got to pivot. Um, and we are going to do that. We're going to move forward step by step. We're not going to try to run ahead of ourselves. We're going to stay in step with God. We are going to move forward, not with fear, but with faith and wisdom. And sometimes that means we're going to do things like go, you know what? It might be best if we don't all gather for one week because, you know, in this instance, we really feel that people are going to value time together as a family at Christmas. And moving into the new year, there may be opportunities and, and, and circumstances where we just have to make some decisions and some changes. And we're going to roll with that because you know what? This, this isn't a plan that God is going to like roll out in like one day or one week. God has a plan that's generations big. And we've got to keep a long-term perspective. And I'm so confident we're going to get to the other side of this whole season we've been walking through. But our goal is to get there. Not to get disrupted in the middle, but to keep moving forward one step at a time, church. Okay, and we're going to do that next year. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to get wisdom. We're going to seek advice at every step. But we're going to move forward in the Holy Spirit with faith and with wisdom, believing that as we do that, we do that as a community, one step at a time. We're going to find ourselves on the other side, like the disciples did through that storm before they knew it. Jesus was in their boat and says, immediately, they're on the other side.
It's like, wow, how did that happen? Don't know, one step at a time. One step at a time with Jesus. That's what we're gonna do. So anyway, enough from me. Let's open up the Word of God. Matthew 5 this morning. Matthew 5, verse 13. We're gonna kick it off, verse 13. And um, well, I just get out, a, get out a pen right now and just underline this scripture. Just underline it, okay? Because it's, it's a good one to go back to. Uh, Matthew 5, 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. It's really interesting because that's Jesus telling us, telling you, you are the salt of the earth. If you're wondering about a way in which to define your identity this morning, because uh, if you're like me, you know, there's sometimes things that you think about, you could be like, hey, God says I'm the salt of the earth. That's, that's God defining me for me. That's really helpful. And it says, what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. It's funny because often we attribute that description to Jesus. Like Jesus is the light of the world. And that's true and that's in Scripture. But I love that at this point in Scripture, Jesus kind of flips the script on us and He says, he says well, actually, you are the light of the world. So like you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. That to me is, is, is kind of exciting um, and, and, and helps me realise something about how I should probably live my life. And I should probably live my life not with a sense that I should be hidden away and hide from things and, and try to avoid life. No, 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 no. Actually, I should be the light out there shining brightly. Like as it goes on to say, uh, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. It cannot be hidden. Sometimes I think we would like to hide our life both because there's things that we're embarrassed of in terms of the fact that we are not perfect people and we still do things that are somewhat embarrassing to us, but also because I think in today's day and age, the idea that we would believe in Jesus, it, 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 it's maybe not what it was a few generations ago and we're maybe a little bit embarrassed about that and I'm telling you, we should not hide that. We should not hide that. We're going into a season of Christmas. It's one of, the, one of the small seasons we have left where the nativity is still celebrated, angels and the shepherds and Jesus and Mary. There's an opportunity right now that we don't have a lot of the time in the year where we can still boldly be about Jesus. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. I've got to move this morning. I feel like I have so much in me this morning on this scripture, um, but I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna try to get through it. I'm gonna try to get through it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful that you love us. Just thinking of that worship song, talks about running to you. I think about the, the prodigal son and the father and the father has his arms wide open, wide open. And that's you. You have your arms wide open for us all the time, all the time. And God, I thank you for your word that teaches us about you, that helps us to get revelation. I pray this morning you would speak so clearly to us. God, in the name of Jesus, let your word right now go out and I thank you that it will not return void this morning. In Jesus' name. Come on, in the chat, why don't you say amen? Just put an amen in there.
put an amen in there. I got like five people this morning in here, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna shout shout me down. I know they are because uh, I just I just I just told them to. But um, you know what? Why don't why don't you help everyone online know that they are not watching alone this morning by putting something in the chat and helping it feel like we are a collective together online. That would be awesome. I want to just say a huge thank you to everyone of our production and worship guys that came here this morning um, and helped us do this. Um, You guys are amazing. Uh, Thank you. And uh, church, why don't you put something in the chat and just thank them for being here, uh, for going out of their way, coming out of their comfort zone this morning, making sure we could bring church to you. You know, I don't know what your family does for gifts, right? Whether it's like you know, one for all and all for one, everyone buys everybody a present or, or maybe you're like, you go down the secret Santa path, right? Where it's like every name goes into a hat and it's like one present each. Um, for, a, for a little while, our family was doing this really cool thing. I actually really liked it because you do reach an age where, where uh, like it, most presents turn out to be gift cards. I don't know if you've reached that age yet. Um, and, and when that happens over a little period of time, it's like, cool, yep, Bunnings, 50 bucks, thanks, awesome. And it's not that you don't value the gift, it's just that the gift doesn't carry that same sense of uh, like thoughtfulness uh, that maybe it did when you were younger, when your mum and dad knew exactly what you wanted and you're like, oh, I hope I get this under the tree and then it was under the tree and it's like, oh my goodness, they totally heard and they knew and all those things. And so our family did this thing where we're like, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna go to homemade presents. We're gonna go to homemade presents because, because in doing that, there was this sense that people had put time and effort into the gift. And it was awesome because it wasn't so much about getting like the newest thing or, you know, or just, just get, 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 which, you know, it kind of can get sometimes at Christmas time. And I'm not anti-present in any way. I love it. I love giving gifts. But this was a way that we could, we could demonstrate value and thoughtfulness without actually having to spend a great deal of money. We set a little budget um, and you had, to, you had to make three types of the same gift, right? So some people would make like jam or like little pot plants or it was like, there's all kinds of really cool stuff that the family would make. And then we would bring our, our three of the same gift to family Christmas and we would put them all like on a table or around the Christmas tree. And then we would write down, right? So let's say there was, uh, there was like 10 people gathered for our Christmas and each had bought three gifts. There's 30 gifts under the tree. We would write the numbers one to 30, put it in a hat and then we'd go around the circle and everybody would draw out uh, a number. We'd do that three times. So you end up with three numbers um, and that was the order at which you got to go and choose a gift out of all of this, this amazing handmade stuff. Um, and so you would end up having bought three gifts and, and you would get to go home with three really cool, valuable, like really thoughtful gifts. It was great. I loved it. I loved it. But notoriously, uh, there was, the, there was the, the gift that everybody wanted, right? One year, um, my, my dad, my father-in-law, he, he made these homemade sausages. And so it was a kilo of sausages was his, his gift, a kilo each, right? And they were like, they were hot property, right? Everybody wanted those. And so, you know, if you drew out like number one, you were like pumped because you got whatever you wanted. Um, 
But then that was also kind of like the gift that, that kind of nobody really wanted. Like it wasn't that it wasn't great and there wasn't thought and care put into it. It's just like, eh, not really vibing like the, the, the teapot, the crocheted teapot cover, right? Like love it, like love that you crochet, but this kind of wasn't what I was vibing for Christmas. And so it's like, that's the one that always got left to the end. Left to the end. And so we added in like a little, a, little, a little part of the gift giving procedure at the end. And it was, we used to call it bad Santa or naughty Santa. I don't know what you call it, but, but it was where you could, you could either take a gift from under the tree or you could steal someone's gift that had gone before you, right? Because, you know, as good Christians, we like to just encourage stealing and all those sorts of things. That's absolutely not true. Don't get on the comment section on YouTube. But... But we would do this. And so if your, if your gift got stolen by someone, you then got to go and choose another one from under the tree. And so, you know, it was great to be number one, but you also kind of knew that your gift would get stolen. So the, the sweet spot was to get number one and number 30. Because if you got that, you got the first choice, but then you also got the last choice to guarantee that, that you could steal that very last thing if you really wanted to. But it was always, always really clear there was a one gift that people wanted and the one gift that people didn't. And you know, I was reflecting on this as we're coming into Christmas time, and I was thinking, you know, I wonder how many times we, we kind of apply that same thinking, like there's the one that everybody wants, and then there's the one that nobody wants. And we, we, we think that same way about us, and, and, and we kind of start to describe ourselves as either the one that everyone, or, 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 or we go into our, let's say our family gatherings at Christmas and we're like, um, I've, I, don't, I don't really bring anything to the, you know, and we kind of start to think about ourselves in that, that sort of almost quite negative or like, well, what am, what am I bringing? You know, like, oh, you know, your, your older brothers, like the, got the city job, right? And I was watching Christmas movies last night. It's always the same kind of like storyline, you know, but, but I was thinking, how do we define ourselves when we come into these family gatherings? Do we, do we see the value we bring? Do we, do we go into that family gathering like, like we're bringing something of worth with us into that space? Or, 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 or like, like what Scripture says, right? Do you see that you're the light and do you go into that place knowing that, hey, I'm, I'm bringing the Holy Spirit with me into this place. I'm bringing the capacity to bring hope and joy with me. It's not about the, the physical gifts that I'm bringing, but what I'm bringing is that I've got Jesus in my life. And because I got Jesus in my life, I'm bringing something of worth into this place. And actually, instead of trying to hide myself under a, under a little, like, I don't know, I can't remember what Scripture said, under a, a basket, right? Your translation might say bushel, but I always think of the T bushels tea anyway trying to hide myself under a tea bag um but but or do you or do you go in with a sense of confidence like I'm going to put my life on a stand right now I'm going to let the rest of my family see my life and see that I'm not going to live in fear in this season that I've got hope in this season that I've got a sense of joy in this season that I that I actually believe that I'm a new creation that I can change that that even though I might be struggling with some things I know they don't define me because my life is defined by Jesus and so I'm going to go into my family gathering knowing that I'm bringing something or are you, are, you, are you nervous about your family gathering? Are you like, oh, I'm the, I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm the, I'm the one that nobody really wants around. Or, like, you gotta know, you gotta know. We've been in a series talking about the gift, right? And week one, I talked about how, how God's given us a gift of the Holy Spirit. 
That's amazing. And then my wife like just blew our church apart in the best possible way last week. She's like bringing the fact that we got the gift of eternal perspective, eternal life, right? Like that, that enables us knowing that we have eternal life should completely change how we view now. Talked about Mary and how she, she was able to navigate the birth. Like amazing message last week. If you missed it, you need to go to YouTube here and watch that message. It was like unbelievable. But I wanna land our little short mini series this morning by telling you that you, you are the gift. You are the gift to every person around you. And so often we don't see ourselves like that. We don't see the fact that one of the most significant purposes that we have from God in our lives today is to take who He is in us and what He has done for us into the lives of other people and therefore be one of the greatest gifts to that person. Imagine taking a hope into the life of someone who is struggling this year or bringing joy into someone who has been so weighed down this year because of all we've walked through. Imagine bringing with them a sense of future and peace and the capacity to dream again about life beyond. Like imagine bringing that with you into whoever it is that you are spending Christmas with this year. You have got to see that you are the gift to them because of what you are bringing within you this Christmas season. You are salt. Do you know what salt is? Salt preserves. Salt preserves hope in a community. It preserves peace in a community. It preserves joy in a community. It preserves so many things. And you know what else? Salt flavours. Do you know that if you see yourself the right way, you will be the one that sets the tone and the atmosphere and the flavour of the gathering that you have in this season. You can be the one that sets that. Doesn't need to be that crazy uncle, right? Doesn't need to be. You are a gift to everyone you meet in this season because you bring a preserver, you bring a flavour, the flavour of potential, the flavour of hope, the flavour of joy. I'm telling you, 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 you bring the flavour of forgiveness. You bring the flavour of redemption. Like, I don't know how many family gatherings highlight the brokenness in us all, or highlight the rifts in the family. But you wanna know what you're bringing to your family gathering this Christmas? I know you're bringing it because it's in you. It's in you whether you feel it or not. It's in you because it comes with the Holy Spirit and relationship with Jesus. You're bringing redemption. You're bringing forgiveness. You're bringing hope. You're bringing joy. You're bringing peace. You're bringing the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit into every place that you go. That's why you are a gift this Christmas. You are the greatest gift this Christmas to the people around you. Why? Because you're bringing Jesus. <laughs> you're bringing Jesus. You know, Matthew 10, 8, it says this. It says, it says freely, 
So it says heal the sick and raise the dead, which are cool things to do too. It says cure those with leprosy. I don't know how many have got that these days in our immediate society or context, but cast out demons. I'm telling you, there is one, like I'm, I'm going, I'm going off, off, off notes for a second. Do you know what Jesus refers to, or, or sorry, it's not Jesus, what Paul refers to fear as in Scripture? It's one of the only times we get a really clear label that something is a spirit. There's a lot of things we label as a spirit, but there's one thing Paul labels as a spirit, and that's fear. And too often, we just allow fear because we think it's a feeling. And we haven't got to the point in our lives that we realize it's not a feeling, it's a spirit. And we're gonna realize that we've got some authority inside of us to be like, no, 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 no. Fear has no place on my life. Have you, ever, have, you, have you ever gone to the point where you're like, spirit of fear, get off my life. Where you realise you have the capacity to cast that thing off of yourself. Then we read scriptures like this and we're like, we need to, oh, let's go out there and like cast the demons out. How about, how about you cast fear out of yourself this Christmas? How about you refuse to allow it to have context in your life? How about you get to a place where you're like, fear, you have no place in my life. I'm telling you right now, get off of my life. Get out of my mind. Stop infiltrating my thoughts with the worst case scenario or the potentials that cause me to shrink back and believe the worst is gonna happen or that that's gonna happen or that's gonna... No, get off of my life. I'm not being given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I got wisdom. I got faith. And cast out demons. And then he says, freely give as freely as you have received. Can I just remind you of some of the things you've received this morning? You've received forgiveness. You've received love, unconditional love. You've received redemption. You've received a new identity. You've received hope. You've received peace. You've received joy. You've received the Holy Spirit. You've received Jesus. This, we've got to see the fact that we have the capacity to then give of those things to other people. Give of those things into the light. Let, 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 let you... I'm getting all worked up. Happens. See yourself as a gift this Christmas where you give out of yourself as you've received. Where you're the one that initiates a conversation of forgiveness. Where you reach out to that ostracized family member. Where you open your arms and say, you know what? I'm not gonna view you the way that everyone else does. You know, maybe, maybe in your gathering, you have someone who, the truth is they've made, they've made plenty of bad decisions. And their life kind of looks like those bad decisions right now. Let's, let's not forget that's all of us, right? If it's not for Jesus and His redemption and His forgiveness. But what would it look like for you to show the love of the Father to your family members? this Christmas. Let's just remember that we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's in us. He's the one that gives us the capacity to do any of this. Right? Like we, we learned week one 
I don't need more patience. I need more love, which means I need more Jesus, right? But the truth is, He's, your, he's been given to you as a gift. You've got it. It's Holy Spirit's within you. So that means you have the capacity in Him, through His strength, through, his, through Him, to love, to forgive, to be gentle, to be patient, to be caring, all of that fruit we read about in Galatians. But also you've been given the gift of eternal perspective. So let's not be afraid of being shut down. Let's not be afraid of some, maybe some rejection. Let's not be afraid of the things that so often make us hesitant to step out in boldness, to let our light shine, to be salt in the earth. Let's, let's not, let's, you know, like, let's have that eternal heavenly perspective. We know where we're going. Aliens in this world, Paul says, right? Let's be in this world, but not of this world. Let's not live according to... Don't diminish how you see yourself this Christmas. Can I read you one last scripture? One last scripture before we land this plane. It's, it's from 1 Peter. 1 Peter. This is chapter 4. starts at verse 10. It says this. God has given each of you a gift. From His great variety of spiritual gifts, use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God Himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all your strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. Here's, here's where we go wrong. Here's where we go wrong. We think that we have to be something to bring Jesus into people's lives. We, we create these perceptions and we think of ourselves as the gift that no one wants. Oh, well, I'm not like that person. I don't have the personality like that person. Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not that naturally confident, you know, like I always mess up my words when I'm in front of people. Can I tell you something? This scripture is so clear. God has given you a gift that allows people to see Him in you. Full stop. Sometimes it's in cooking. I'm, I'm just going to say it. Sometimes if you've got the gift of cooking, I'm telling you, you cook this beautiful food, people are going to be like, oh my goodness. And in those moments, you have the capacity to bring the Spirit of God, to bring the light, the salt, the joy. Yeah, I put salt in a cooking analogy. That just happened. But I'm telling you, you don't have to be a certain thing to bring salt and light. You have to be you. The you that's born again in Jesus. The you that sees every part of you. Your personality, your gifting. You've got to see that it is in those things that God has already chosen to work through. 
God has chosen to work through you to bring Himself to people through you. You don't need to change you to be a gift. You are a gift with all that you are because God has formed and fashioned you as you with your gifts and your personality because He knows that's who that person needs to experience Him through. He knows that that person's going to open up to a conversation because the wrapping on the present is amazing. And that's for some reason, that's going to start a conversation for you. And you've got a gift of wrapping. Can I tell you? Use that thing. Put some ribbons on it. Put a little bit of dried rosemary in there. I don't know. But, but, but whatever gifts you have, maybe it's talking. You can have my job. Go for it. Maybe it's cooking. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's you, you just, you've got a great sense of humor and you've got the capacity to tell some jokes and people will listen and then you can just share. You know what? I've had so much joy. I found Jesus and he's just like, I'm telling you, there is always opportunity in the gifts that God has fashioned you with. Do not diminish you this Christmas because God has never diminished you. In fact, God sent His Son. It's the story of Christmas. God sent His Son, His little baby. Why? Oh, because He so loved you as you. Psalm 139 says, I formed you. I fashioned you. Those gifts that you have, they're God-given. They're God-formed. They're God-fashioned. God made you exactly how you are with your personality, with your traits, with your strengths. Why? Because He wanted someone like you. Because He has joy in working through you. I'm telling you, this Christmas, be you. Don't compare yourself. Don't do what we do with gifts under the tree where we compare size or value or monetary worth or, or you know, don't, don't do that. Don't sit around the family table and compare yourself to everyone else there. And then when you do that, that never comes out well. You either think you're awesome and so you end up uh, uh, having pride or you think you're terrible and you put your light under a basket and you don't shine. Neither of those are what God wants you to bring this Christmas. He just wants you to be you and know that you are who He wanted you to be. You are the gift people need this Christmas. You, full of the Holy Spirit, living with an eternal perspective, that you is what people need. You know, I've noticed a tendency during the last 18 months to fear people. You know, we start to, ooh, we start to back away from people. We start to like press ourselves up against the railing as people walk past in case we get within the 1.55 meters. We started to fear people. We started to view people with suspicion and hey, I'm not, I'm not exempt of this, you know? I'll be honest. We have family Christmas up north and my stepmom's coming up. She's, she's immunocompromised. I wanna be cautious. I wanna be cautious. You know, it's funny because Jesus always moved towards people, always moved towards people, whether it was the outcast of society or people everyone thought were sinners or, or those that, that had leprosy, sickness. He moved towards them. 
and He brought life and He brought light and He brought hope and He brought grace. And this Christmas, I want us to make a decision that even if we begin just with our family, that we're gonna start and we're gonna be intentional about moving towards people again. I'm not saying you gotta suddenly go out and, and mix with every person in the community. We should, we should be wise. But if you're meeting with your family this, 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 this coming weekend, don't withhold, don't draw back. Move towards them. Move towards people. And you know what? I believe that moving into the new year, God is gonna give us opportunity to move towards the ones, the twos, the five, the tens. But God needs you to know that, that you're a gift to the people that He brings into your life to move you towards. And whoever that is this Christmas for you, can I encourage you to move towards them with an intentionality, a boldness, knowing that you're bringing light, you're bringing faith, you're bringing salt, flavour, hope, because He lives in you. Jesus lives in you. Let me pray for all of you this morning. Father, help us right now to have a confidence to move towards our family, our friends, our neighbours, to move towards them as we are, knowing that You are in us, that we have light, that we have soul to bring to people, that we can set an atmosphere of forgiveness and of hope, of grace, of love, of peace, where there's anxiety, that we would bring peace, that we would bring calm, that we would speak words that settle the, the, the souls of those around us, that our words and our actions would just be so covered in your Holy Spirit. And Lord, right now for everyone who's watching, who maybe has never had a relationship with Jesus, I wanna tell you right now, that Christmas is a story that says that Jesus, that, sorry, that God loved you so much that He sent His Son to earth. Christmas is about the birth. Easter is about forgiveness. Jesus died on a cross. He rose again so that you could have a relationship with God. And you know what? At Christmas, it's a great reminder that that is actually a gift that all we have to do is receive it. Scripture says we just believe. We believe that Jesus died and we receive the forgiveness He has for us because His death, His death cleansed us of everything that we have ever done wrong, past, present and future in our lives in the eyes of God. And because He died and rose again, we can be forgiven and have relationship with God. So if you would like to begin a relationship with Jesus,